Welcome to the Massacre Matinee. Welcome back. I missed my cue. <laughs> <laughs> I just dead ass stared you in the face. And it was like, <laughs> I'm so used to being the one that says welcome back. <laughs> That's our intro. Context. She just says, you take the intro. Knowing damn well I'm taking the intro. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. That's a good uh, intro. It's a good intro. So we need a we need a nice lighthearted intro for what we we're do. about to get into. We do. I know the topic, but I don't know of the topic. I just know it's which is surprising because mm. I mean he is a bigger case. I talked to, uh, about him in our last episode. Um, we're Ed doing Kemper. Ed Kemper. Yeah, I know you don't know a whole lot, and I'm gonna get into his background a lot because it starts like the day. Before he's even conceived, his fucked up family starts. I don't know exactly when Ed Kemper's parents got together. I just know that he was the middle child. Okay. He was born December 18th, 1948. Edmund Emil Kemper III. Fancy. I love when people have titles. (laughs) The third is not a title. It's still technically. It's not a. It's not like a. It's a suffix. Lordship title, but. It's a suffix to his name. Kind of like junior and senior. Yeah, you, 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 you wouldn't believe that English was my best <laughs> topic in high school. <laughs> so proud. I'm so proud. Don't fucking ask me to write an essay. But I basically did. I was going to say, it looks like <laughs> one over there right now. <laughs> Uh, his parents' names are, um, at the time his mom's name was uh, Clarnell Stage, and his Clarnell? dad. Clarnell? Clarnell. Interesting of a name. name. Um, and then obviously his father's name shared, shared the same name. Mm. Uh, he was the second. And when they had Ed, I'm going to call him Ed from now on, they were living in Burbank, California. Okay. As I said, you know, Ed was, you know, the child of, uh, middle child of three of three um i believe he had a older sister and a younger sister they are talked about but i don't think that their names really were known in anything because they just did not want anything to fucking do with this okay well i mean i wouldn't either if that was my brother no they were interviewed at one point in time to kind of give a backstory of the family life leading up to his first imprisonment but then after that like they just kind of disappeared out of the limelight because i think that by the time everything happened they were both already moved out like going to college and whatnot and doing their own thing his father was a world war ii vet because i mean he was you know part of that big baby boom and whatnot after the war tested nuclear weapons and then he was just kind of like, I'm kind of done dealing with nuclear weapons. So then they moved back to Cali and became a uh, electrician. Because like, because he was testing stuff, they were kind of moving around a lot. I'd imagine he probably ended up out in the desert somewhere. Oh, yeah. Probably Nevada or whatnot, that area. Couldn't really get a whole lot of information off that. And when he became an electrician, Clarnell complained that her husband's job was just like... It was nothing, like nothing compared to what he was doing, that it was boring and all that. And just was always giving him shit for it. Electricians still make decent money. Mm-hmm. They make great money now. Obviously, the trades could probably make more. It's still good money. Oh, yeah. Especially for the time. And what 
what era was this? You said it. I mean, you said that it was post World War Two, mm-hmm. baby boom. Um, this would be like, like his childhood. Childhood, early fifties. Okay, because he was born in forty eight, and his dad was an electrician, basically, all the way up until um, his parents got divorced. Okay, so basically, think fifties and sixties. Okay, for that this makes time sense. frame. So his dad. Uh, later stated that suicide missions in wartime and the atomic bomb testings were nothing compared to living with Cornell and that she affected him more than 396 days and nights of fighting on the front. Wow. If that puts into perspective his parents' relationship... Uh, this man would literally rather be back on the front of the World is, War II. <laughs> was, okay, so was the problems with their relationship, was it psychological or was it physical? Um, She was a very controlling and, like, manipulative person. Like, it, I think... So pretty psycho- psychological? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't find anything of any physical abuse. I think it was just... She had a very pessimistic like outlook on life and just really brought everyone down. Look, I'm a pessimist, <laughs> but I still make people laugh. Yeah, there's a difference where it's just like Oh, you're talking? Like, shut the fuck up kind of a thing. Like she just fucking she was a bitch. Like title A bitch. <laughs> title A bitch. Yeah. Great A. When Ed was born, he early on started to show like antisocial behavior. Okay. And also, I put it in my notes. Maybe Cornell was such a bitch because her middle child weighed 13 pounds when he was born. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, I mean, by all accounts, Ed Kemper was a big boy. Hi. 6'9. Six 6'9. Nine. Six nine. So, yeah. <laughs> I would imagine you'd have to be born pretty large. Yeah. But 13 pounds. 13 pounds. I buy turkeys smaller than that. It just, ooh, that poor poor woman. I mean, she was horrible, but had a horrible end. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself with 13 pounds. Um, but anyway, so like a toddler. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just That's my cat. <laughs> well, your cat's a large fucking cat. Dude, my cat's like 17 pounds. But the the vet has deemed them both healthy, okay? I <laughs> it's in their breeding. Mhm. They're just big boys. And you know, with all serial killers, they show cruelty to animals early on. His was fucked. Like actually fucked up. Um at the age of 10, he buried a pet cat alive. Oh, what? Huh? Buried it alive. Let it sit there for a bit. Dug it back up. Decapitated it. Huh? And then mounted its head on a spike. At age 10? At age 10, it was the family cat. I just went through the full range of like emotions right there. Yeah. It was also the family cat. What was the purpose of burying it alive if he was just going to take it out? Just to see it suffer. And apparently it didn't suffer enough, so he was just like, you know what? It's boring if I can't see the suffering. Yeah. That's so fucked. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And this is just the start of what I'm sure is a list over there on your notes. 
yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Ed would say, because he did like a lot of interviews explaining everything. Like, he was so fucking talkative. Like, so into telling his story. Um, he said that he got a lot of pleasure from making his family cry about the fact that he, was he killed the family evil. cat. Yeah, that he killed the family cat. He liked seeing so that his sisters were absolutely devastated by so it. So he'd probably make jokes and shit. Oh, yeah. But Here, he put the kitty, fucking, kitty. He put oh, the wait. cat's head on a spike in the front fucking lawn. Like, That's so fucked up. Yeah. Did it's, nobody, like, tell the cops? No. I mean, I get I get that it because was... Because in that time, boys will be boys, you know. Boys will be boys <laughs> did not involve decapitating cats. That would be more like a family embarrassment, like... Well, at age 13, so three years later, mm-hmm. killed another family cat. Why did they get another cat? I don't know. But he killed it because he was jealous, because he thought it was favoring his older, his younger sister rather than him. It won't be friends with me? Oh. Oh, it's paying more attention to my sister. I guess no one can fucking have this cat. But he kept pieces of it after chopping it up. Uh. And he kept it in his closet until his mom made him throw it out because of the smell. Uh. Uh. Sorry. (laughs) 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 I'm Nobody noticed the cat missing until Oh, they they knew they it was knew, they, they knew, knew it was dead. It? Yeah, because he was bragging that he killed it. But they didn't know that he kept pieces oh, yeah. until the mom the didn't smell? know until the smell. Oh, okay, okay. But even then, like, how do you be like, oh, my thirteen-year-old killed her family cat, and he's keeping pieces? And it's of not it. the first time. And it's not the first cat. What is, I would stop getting animals. Like, I would not bring an animal. That's into my what I'm house. saying. Why did they get the second cat? Maybe to make the other two like kids happy because they were from what i know they had like they were normal they weren't having these urges right right (laughs) i'm nervously laughing this isn't me laughing at the situation i mean the young the younger one might have a little bit of a harder time understanding but if you looked at the older one you're like look your brother's a fucking psycho Mm -hmm. do you remember what happened to mr snuffles do you want that to happen again? Like, I wish I could have found the cat's name so I could give him some kind of like. I would love to give him. <laughs> he's a victim. He deserves recognition. <laughs> Both of them. Add him to the fucking murder list. All we right. are going to dub them um, <laughs> Mr. Snuffles and. Oh, shit. Think of another cat name fast. Oh, fuck. Um, pause. Pause. Okay. Mr. Snuffles and Pause. Victims one and two. Yeah. First victims. If anybody finds those actual names, for Please the love of know. fuck, let me know in the question down below by today's poll. Um, he was known early on to also have like really dark fantasies and to have a really morbid imagination. And a lot of it spilled into him. He would take his sister's Barbie dolls and remove their heads and hands. And that was an early fucking sign. Keep that information in mind. Um, there was an incident where his older sister was teasing him and asked why, first of all, this situation's crazy because I don't know how old he was at this point, but his sister was teasing him why he wouldn't kiss his teacher and his, and he replied 
that if he were to kiss her, he would have to kill her first. But first of all, if he's a child, I know the times are different, but why does he think he why does to she kill her first? Well, also, why does the sister think that he needs to kiss his teacher? <laughs> so they're both kind of in this. I mean, his is obviously like far it, worse. It but depends. I mean. If if he had been saying something about, oh, I think I've got a crush on my teacher, or, oh, right. my teacher's so pretty kind of thing, mm-hmm. like, then I can see the bullying kind of leading that way, but... Right, but still just like, oh, they... Wow. Yeah. Um... Can't kiss and tell if they're dead, right? It gets worse. Oh god, <laughs> I'm already I'm already making jokes just to try and lighten it up, and it gets worse. Um, so you know, his dad was a World War II vet, right? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and you know, um, Mosin and Guns were a thing, right? What, what what were at the end of Mosin's? Do you know bayonets? Bayonets, yeah. So he would steal his dad's bayonets, right, and he would sneak off to a second grade teacher's house. Mm-hmm. And he would sit out there when outside of her window. Second grade, so like eight nine i see i never got a clear timeline i don't know if he was older doing this or i mean if not. you assume 18 on graduation how old were you in second grade because i graduated eight or nine yeah. i graduated when i was 17 i was 17 for a few months after i graduated so i was technically a year younger than most of the kids the in ages, my class I think of seven and nine i Seven would make sense for me, and that's mm-hmm. why I'm questioning. So he probably would have been like well, seven or eight, eight yeah. or nine, something like that. So this is before he killed the cat, then. And he's already <laughs> hiding outside of his teacher's. Yeah, you sit there and watch her with a bayonet. Yeah, just watching her. Um, now we got to get into his favorite games to play with his siblings. I want you to take it. A, I want. I want you to take a guess what you think these games are. I don't know any games from the 50s and 60s. Well, no, it wasn't really, it, w- it wasn't like a known game of what he would come up with for them to play. Oh, he would come up with something mm-hmm. for them to do? I don't know. Um, hostage victim. Close. Um, he would like to play Gas Chamber. That seems <laughs> very anti-Semitic. And... A, and um, Trigger warning. Electric if you chair? or anyone you know are Jewish. Well, no, no, no. It wasn't him putting other people in the gas chamber. He it wanted was to be him in it? being oh. in the gas chamber. Well, that's so. So he, he would, wanted to be the one that was being tortured. Yeah. So he would make his sisters act like they're flipping like an imaginary switch, and he would act like and he's he would just like, like choking, spasm out. spasming, and all that, like choking on gas. Or he'd be sitting in a chair and like have them tie him into the chair and flip a switch, and he'd be electrocuted. And he would just sit there and like act like he's dying these horrible deaths and everything like that. And he would like this sounds like flop a onto the floor and start like a very seizing. very early. Definitely took it way too fucking far, mm-hmm. like sadomasochism kind of stuff. Well, you know like, that he, he was enjoys... getting ideas because his dad's telling war stories and all right. that kind of stuff. But it really seems like he, even in his childhood, he, he wanted to experience these different types of torture and pain. Mm-hmm. And Which is weird that that doesn't correlate into his crimes. Him getting tortured, I should say. 
that's hard to say. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of his crimes, but I mean, obviously he didn't kill himself. He was killing other people. So right. maybe, maybe he realized he could get more of an adult pleasure on mm-hmm. putting that pain on other things. I mean, you said that the first cat was at 10 years old. Mm. 10 years old would be like starting of like early, early puberty morning would it's sort of stuff. Yeah, right. and sexualization of more mm-hmm. things. It, who knows? I, we're not psychologists no. or psychiatrists. <laughs> we are not. Tr- she took a, a, a class one time. For child psychology. For child psychology. <laughs> We're not qualified. And that was more so for helping like, with, like, helping kids go through traumatic experiences. Because I wanted right. to be, like, um, um, the first person that they see after, um, like, if they were molested or if they went through a traumatic experience, like a fire or, like, that kind of thing. You wanted to be that reassuring figure saying, don't yeah. worry, buddy, we'll take care of you. Basically. And now you talk about true crime. Yeah. <laughs> now I talk about the, you know... The causes of trauma. Yeah, well, it works. So, Ed almost died twice as a child. Okay. How young of a child? Um, I never got an age. But I think he was, like, he was fucking with his sisters. And just making them do horrendous shit to him and all this kind of stuff. And I feel like the older sister kind of snapped a little bit. Okay. His older sister tried to push him down in front of a train. You know, a car <laughs> is one thing, but a train, yeah, wow. And then when that didn't work, also you got to think at this point he is tall. He is very tall. Like he was a easily a head over all of the other kids for his age. Okay. Um, I don't know the age difference between the older kids. I'm assuming that they're all very close in age. Because that's kind of how basically popped out a bunch of kids, like, one right. after the other. And then and when that didn't work, she tried to drown him in the deep end of a pool. Obviously, that was unsuccessful. Right. Don't really hear of any other incidences of her trying to do this, but I feel like she just got tired of his shit in the kind of discourse that he was causing between his mother and his father because they were fighting all throughout this, obviously. Like, they did not have a good relationship. That's what Ed was seeing constantly was his dad getting berated by his mother. Okay. Because it was really the mother leading this. And, like, the dad was just like, you know what? Fuck this. (laughs) Because that was really close to his dad. Right. Like, he looked up to him, thought that, like, he did great work, like, loved his wartime stories, all of that kind of stuff. Really looked up to him. Was really, really close to him. If his dad was that close to him, how did his dad not, like, be like, hey, buddy, we don't kill cats and put them on spikes in the front yard? Like, I don't know. I think it was just the different time and the different mindset. And, you know, he's dealing with his own shit of coming mm, out of the true, war. True. Like, I mean... Good chance he had PTSD that was Very being likely, um, sure. made worse by his wife and everything like that. And then you just, and then you got a kid doing some really fucking weird shit, and you're like, I just kind of want to deal with my own stuff, and I'm, I'm just gonna ignore I'm just that. Gonna be over here <laughs> doing my own thing, for right? Um, well, in 1957, um, his parents got divorced. Okay. And he really wanted to go live with his dad, but his dad's like, no. Like, your siblings are staying with your mom. You got to stay with your mom. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm I'm going out to Cali. 
and you're moving to Montana. <laughs> well, that would be a culture shock in its own, oh, even yeah. in that time. So he had a very dysfunctional relationship with his mom, obviously. He mm. kind of blamed her, kind of rightfully so, for the divorce. And his mom just kind of shut down as a person. Well, she wasn't really that good of a person in the first oh, place. Oh, no, but she just so became a raging alcoholic after this. Oh, okay. So, so she just did what she was already doing, but drunk. Yeah. She, like, constantly was, I think she did end up starting to, like, physically hit him, constantly would humiliate him, like, would belittle him, like, any kind of jab that she could because he was a constant reminder of his father. Because he okay. was the only boy, and he kind of looked like his dad and whatnot. So she just made his and life I mean, a living And his name, hell. obviously. Mm-hmm. And when she moved, she moved into... A three-bedroom house. She took a bedroom. The other two daughters each got their own bedroom. Okay. But there's four people. There in the basement was like... There was a room that had been kind of built in the basement that could be a bedroom kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. One finished room in like a standard basement kind of thing. And that's where she put Ed. Like, that should be good for a nine-year-old boy. That, not for a nine-year-old boy. I mean, a ten-year-old boy. I've had one of those nine, rooms before, but, mm-hmm. like, I had that as, like, a teenager when I needed my own space. Like, when you're mm-hmm. a kid, you don't want to be that far away from No, he else. literally thought that his mom put him in a dungeon. I would think so, too. Yeah. Kind of where he was like, okay, I'm being shut out of this family. Right. I'm not loved. And that's kind of where that click kind of happened with him. Okay. That was just like... And it was shortly after that that he killed the cat. So dad yeah, because he was 13 when he around. killed the other cat. Dad wasn't around at that point then. No. Okay. Yeah, I guess those timelines did kind of end up where it was after the divorce that he killed the cat. So it was right after he got put into this So he just kind of he just kind of threw this, there's no one here that loves me anymore, fuck them all kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to ruin their fucking lives because they don't, they don't love me, clearly. Right. When he was in the basement at night, she would lock the basement because she was scared that he was going to come, like, hurt his sisters. He showed no, like, evidence of wanting to actually harm his sisters. Just the cats. Just did the cats and just kind of had violent thoughts about his mom. Understandably Mm -hmm. so. I mean, she was psychologically fucking him up, like, pretty bad at such a young age. Oh, yeah, even worse. I'm not victimizing the the bad guy Mm -hmm. here, but, like... You can see where the dots connected to end up where he was. Right. And it's horrible she refused to show him any kind of physical affection or any affection at all because she thought he was going to turn him gay so he never got hugs from his mom he never got like affectionate words or any kind of thing like that from him because she thought that that would turn him gay that's fucked up Mm -hmm. and then on many occasions she told him that he was just like his father and that no woman would ever love him or want to be with him so she's constantly just just jabbing at him Mm mm-hmm at the age of 14, Ed finally had enough and he ran away to where his dad uh, was living. That was in California, you said? Yeah. Uh, found out his dad had remarried at this point. Okay. I can't remember the new wife's name, but they were okay with him living there for a little bit until the point where I, I his stepmom didn't want him in the house because he was being really fucking creepy towards her. And well, I mean, he didn't have any good historical experiences with women at this point. 
Well, there was a chance. Uh, there was this one point where she was getting changed in her room, and then looked over and realized the door was cracked, and he was like watching her get changed, and she was like, "You know what? Fuck it. I don't want this kid in my house." <sighs> and made you it. You know, okay. <laughs> this is a stepmom at this point. I feel like he's also fourteen, so like that yeah, sexuality like, is like right there. That's like the hot stepmom kind of right. Like I, that's not. I mean, she's allowed that. to feel creeped out, but like she. No, I'm not saying she's oh, not yeah. allowed to feel uncomfortable about it, but like that's not that abnormal of a right. thing. Right, but think. I feel like other instances probably happened that they just didn't. Um, that was probably get reported like the, or whatnot. The final straw mm-hmm. kind of thing, and. So his dad's solution was to be like, okay, well, we're going to my, gr- we're, we're going to your grandparents for the holidays. Don't and tell me he just left him there. And he goes and they spend the holidays and his dad's like, I'll be right back. I got to go grab something. Gets in his car and just fucking leaves. Oh, no. Leaves him there. And this is his paternal grandparents. His grandmother was very much like his mom. Even though it was his dad's parents? Yeah. Okay. That um, had to have just been like an era thing for... I think it was the lead paint. <laughs> <laughs> that might do it. <laughs> and you know, asbestos and everything mm. like that. There was a lot happening there. Mm-hmm. But also, these are people that came off of, you know, um, the Great Depression and true, two world true. wars. Like, they yeah. had some shit. They were some tough people. Yeah. Not to say they were all good people, but oh, they yeah. were tough people. Oh, yeah, especially his grandparents. If, mm-hmm. like, in, you know, the 60s, they're already in their 80s and whatnot. They would have been going through the Great Depression mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Um, his My great-grandma <laughs> was actually a child during the Great Depression. She, yeah. w- she was born in 1918. Hmm. So she would have been, what is that, 11? Yeah. Through the Great Depression. Which is pretty neat. And they have some really interesting stories. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting to look at the different, like, food recipes that came out of that mm-hmm. era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some questionable ones, but, I mean, they had what they had. Ed hated living with his grandparents. Understandably so, especially mm-hmm. if his grandma was just like his mom. Mm-hmm. Well, his grandfather wasn't much help because he was pretty senile at this point. And just kind of, he was just going through yeah. the motions and just kind of like, you know what? I've been with this woman for fucking so long. Yes, I just, dear. Okay, yeah. dear. Oh, yeah. And in one year out the down other. the hearing aids. <laughs> <laughs> his grandmother would constantly emasculate him and his grandfather. So his grandfather just kind of like, all right, whatever. But obviously He's, this had to just, just keeps telling Ed. himself, I'm going to be dead soon. So August 27th, 1964. Ed's only 15. Okay. And it was a normal occurrence for his grandmother and him to have arguments and whatnot. And, you know, they lived out on a farm, so it wouldn't be... I feel like you're leading up to something I'm heavy. Le- I am, and this is horrible. And it, these two deaths get me so worked up <laughs> because it's so sad what happens. It would be normal for him to go around and, like, shoot squirrels and whatnot. But mm-hmm. his grandmother's one rule was don't shoot the birds. Because she had a bird feeder out and, you know, like, to watch sitting on the porch and, like, watching them. Right. And they were sitting at the table with his grandma and then, like, kind of got into an argument. And, you know, he was kind of like, frustrated. So he stormed off and he went and grabbed his rifle and, like, went to go take their dog out. And, like, she was just like, you better not be going out there to go shoot those birds. And... 
He turned towards her and he shot her right in the head. Just that fast. That fast. And then once she fell back, he shot her twice in the back. It's grandma's last words were literally, you better not be going shooting those birds. Some accounts say that she also had stab wounds and that he had stabbed her with a kitchen knife. Some reports kind of say that didn't happen. So that that little bit is kind so of... So she um, may or may not have also been stabbed. Right. But she was definitely shot. She was shot three times confirmed. Ed's grandpa was out getting groceries. And a little while after he had shot his grandmother, he heard the car door slam. Mm-hmm. And his grandpa was back getting groceries. He went outside and he shot him right next to the car. In the head also. Well, I guess the one good thing is that he didn't have to see. Later on, Ed said that's why he killed his grandfather. Because he did like his grandfather more than his grandmother. So that was more of a mercy thing. In his eyes. Right. So he killed her. So then he didn't have to see what he had done to his wife. And then also so then he wouldn't call the police. And Ed kind of started freaking out after he did this because you know he just killed his grandparents he's only 15 who do you think he calls his dad he calls his mom well his his <laughs> mom would probably be the best mm. and she's like why the fuck are you calling me call the police like you need to call the police so he calls the police on himself the police actually didn't know where the residence was because he didn't give them an address but they knew who he was and the police had went to like a neighbor's house and everything like that, and it was like, "Hey, you need to tell me um, where does that where uh, where, where does that Kemper live and whatnot." And it was actually the house of like one of his friends, who he went to school with, because this kid would kind of use Ed as a uh, bodyguard because he was that much well, taller yeah, than I was him. And say, the, he's a big this boy. kid was the shortest kid in class, friends with the tallest kid in class that so makes sense just nobody's like, gonna bully me because i'm friends with that guy yeah so he was like oh, i was, was also here. the shortest kid in my class so i understand so he was obviously arrested mm-hmm. when they asked him well why'd you kill your grandmother he's like well i just wanted to know what it would feel like that wasn't like sending alarm bells or nothing mm-hmm. and then he also you know just said that you know he killed his grandfather so she wouldn't he wouldn't see her dead mm-hmm. ed's crimes were deemed incomprehensible for a 15 year old to commit and so the, it just blew their minds that oh yeah a they're child like how the fuck did murder. a 15 year old do this right so they got court psychiatrists to look him over and he got diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and he was sent to a state hospital uh, it was a maximum security facility they had a lot of people there but most of them were murderers and child rapists. And they sent a child there. And they sent a 15-year-old there. And that's who he had between the ages of 15 to, I think he got out when he was 19. Okay. Through his most impressionable years of when you kind of learn how to act as a person. He was in he a was, psych ward. He was in a psych ward with murderers and child rapists. Awesome. Fantastic idea. Way to go, government. If you're going to rape somebody, you need to kill them. So then there's no evidence that you raped them and all that. So they're just telling him all this Mm -hmm. shit. And he's like taking notes. Oh, yeah. He was really fucking smart. Um, I think when he was in there, they gave him an IQ test and he got a result of 145. Holy hell. So he was smart, smart. He was re-diagnosed, so they were like, you're not fucking schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. Because they thought that, oh, that's the only reason why he would kill his grandparents. No. 
Um, he had a personality trait disturbance, and he was the passive-aggressive type. Because <laughs> that was apparently a mental illness for being passive-aggressive. I was going to say, what kind of thing <laughs> does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. You're passive-aggressive, so you're a fucking psycho? Like yeah, I, I guess. And because he was so smart, and they just want, like, he kind of acted like perfect prisoner and whatnot. Like, he would do whatever he was He knew was how asked. to play the game. Like, he acted like he was this sweet, innocent person, and that he was really nice and had good manners, and he, like, later came out and said, and um, actually the last interview that he ever did, um, saying that it was literally just a facade, because he didn't know how to act around people, so he just was like, oh, this is what people want to... This is what they expect of me. Yeah. And then later in life, he's like, I'm finally now the person I was pretending to be. So, I mean... At least he got that, some kind of character development. It only took him his whole life to become a good person, I guess. Kind of? Kind of. He, I guess we'll kind of get into it. Like he, prison, I think, is a good place for him because of the structure and he kind of likes being in prison. He's still alive. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later, yeah. Back to the, the timeline here. Yeah. So his... He was really liked by a psychiatrist because, like, you know, he was smart, he was kind, and, you know, he was nice to the other inmates and everything like mm-hmm. that, who actually had, like, really bad um, mental disorders and everything like that. They trusted him so much to the point where they had him administrating tests hmm. on other prisoners. But well, he had I this mean, big IQ. Technically, they're wards of the state. Yeah. Well, he had this big IQ and everything like that. So he's sitting there, and while he's administrating these tests and grading them and knowing mm-hmm. what the results are, he's fucking memorizing them hmm. to know exactly how to pass them and like what not to say so you don't fail them and what all this kind of stuff. December 18th. On his 21st birthday, 1969. And this was after he got out of the psych ward? Because you said he got out at 19? Uh, no, I lied. It was 21. Oh, he got I out at 21. It. Okay. He was released. Even though those same psychiatrists were like, don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't release no. him. And they said, okay, well, if you're going to release him, just do not send him back to his mom. Send him to his dad. Do not send him back to his mom. Right. They sent him back to his fucking mom. Of course. (laughs) But because of how good he did in prison in 1972, they, his records were permanently sealed and you couldn't, unless you were told about them and know exactly Mm. where to look at it. Employers wouldn't see that. No, no one doing background checks, checks would checks whole my God, I, I think I just had my first mini stroke of the day. <laughs> it's okay, I understand. <laughs> it's been a day. It's been a fucking day. So no one could see that he committed a double, hum- a double homicide. A double humble humble. A double homicide at the age of 15. Which is insane. So he I got feel a completely like fresh start. I feel like there are certain crimes that should never be scrubbed from your record. No oh, matter yeah. how young you are. Oh, yeah especially fucking murder like oh my goodness if it was a petty crime like oh like you stole something okay whatever i stole a candy bar from a gas station <laughs> when i was a kid i mean if it was like an assault like something charge, like something like that though i get like, like an assault charge is like 
I feel like I think it depends on how fucking I, I was bad say, you beat I, I them. I feel like you need more context on things like assault mm-hmm. charges. But if it was like, oh, we got into a fight and like I just broke this kid's nose and he like charged me with assault, then okay, right. But if you like beat this kid from like an inch of his life, then um, no, that should be record. Mm, was the kid bullying them beforehand? See, it's all situational. It's so much circumstance. There's so much circumstance. After, you know, he's 21, mm-hmm. he wants his fresh start, he goes to community college, and he wanted to become a police officer. That'd be a scary fucking cop. Dude, they rejected him. Because one, they didn't know about his record, because they didn't look into it, because it was just the police academy. Six they foot rejected nine. They rejected they him because he was six that foot nine. Fit. <laughs> you can't fit in the cars, buddy. Mm-hmm. I feel like having a cop that large would be more beneficial. Dude, you know how fucking terrifying that would be running from the cops and you just have this fucking beast of a dude chasing after you? All you can hear is just heavy breathing and just thump, thump, thump on the fucking ground behind (laughs) you. (laughs) Horrifying. So he actually, like while he was going to college, he moved in with a friend. And mm. I don't know what word I wrote down there, but it's not Ooh, a it's fucking the game. Name. It's not even a game. I want to try it anyway. Alameda. Yeah, it's Alameda. Alameda, California. California? Okay. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what word is that? It was zoomed out, and I was Have like... Have you ever watched Mythbusters? Yeah. Alameda. Oh, shit. I mean. uh, yeah, Alameda Air Force Base. Yeah. He, like, so he moved out of his house because he's like, I'm done dealing with my mom. I'm going to go do my own thing. He could not fucking get away from her. She called every single day. Oh, God. And would just randomly show up at his apartment. Well, I mean, I talk to my mom every day, but I work with her, so it's different. (laughs) (laughs) But it would be different if, like, you know, your mom's not fucking, you know, beating you down and all of this kind of shit, you know? But it's just like, He's trying to take initiative. He's trying to get away from the situation. And his mom's like, fuck no. I'm going to mm. come. And like, you're my son. I want to talk to you and whatnot. 1973, Ed met a high school student and was engaged for a year. 1973, so it would have been 22 at that point-ish. Mm-hmm. Okay. A high school student, huh? Yeah. So a She was minor? only 17. Um, and it only got broken off because he was arrested the same year that he got engaged. So 72, he was driving a motorcycle and he was hit by a car. Ouch. His arm was like badly injured. I don't know. I'm assuming it was, was probably broken. Okay? <laughs> Six foot nine, dude. Was the car know. okay? He <laughs> <laughs> hit a moose. I just really want to know what bike he was riding. Because, like, bikes back then, they were not. Well, I, 72, maybe. It depends on the kind of bike. I mean, yeah. that would have been an era for India motorcycles, wouldn't it? It probably, oh, dude, it was California. It was probably fucking India. <laughs> Those are some nice bikes. There's one in town. Teddy's um, stepdad's going and getting a fucking new one just to go riding with him and Tommy once they get their bikes going. Like, he's going to a dealership and getting a new one. I desperately want to get a bike. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified once Teddy starts riding a motorcycle, though. Oh, I'm not new to the whole concept of that. My family downstate, half of it is, like, in motorcycle stuff and whatnot and Mm -hmm. i grew up with him like my uncle bill like he rode motorcycles a lot and then he had a stroke and he couldn't ride anymore and that was really sad but i think i think mother correct me on this 
um he was a part of some groups that would go and like help kids and stuff like that your uncle was Mm -hmm. okay pretty sure so eddie broke his arm eddie broke his arm and he actually received a fifteen thousand dollar settlement from it well yeah they hit him with a fucking car And and fifteen thousand dollars in the seventies—that's a lot, right? And he used that money, and he's like, "Fuck motorcycles! I'm buying a car." Right? I ain't doing that again. He bought like a huge fucking SUV because it was the only thing he would have to. And the trend was fucking Beatles and shit like that. Because you know, at this time, you know, fucking Ted Bundy going around in his little Beetle and whatnot. God, I hate Beatles. Have you seen the one driving around town with the toe mirrors on it? Yes, it's hilarious. Tomiers do not belong on Beatles. If you were towing something. We're talking about Volkswagen Beatles. Yes. Not not like <laughs> please don't please please don't glue Tomiers to to bugs. I'd be kind of impressed, but at the same time you're just gluing the bug to the Tomier. You know what? That's a technicality. Yeah. Not if the bug can hold it, like hold the weight. Lots of bugs. He got himself an SUV. Yeah, he bought himself a brand new car while he's driving around. Because at this point, his mom had moved and they moved to California. So they're in California now. Mm-hmm. And she's actually working at one of the colleges. Because it was like this big college town and everything like that. So she's working there. Is she still a raging bitch? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> at least that hasn't changed, I guess. <laughs> no. And he noticed, he's like, there's a lot of fucking people hitchhiking. There's a Hmm. lot of women hitchhiking. Mm. So he goes to the store and he starts collecting like plastic bags and knives and blankets and handcuffs. And he starts keeping them in the trunk of his car. That's a little sketch. And now we're moving on into his later murders of where he earns the name the co-ed killer. I'm going to do a little snippet of why they're fucking called co-eds, because it is the sexist fucking thing that I've heard. The most sexist thing. Most sexist thing. They are literally only called co-eds because this is like the time when colleges were like, okay, we're going to start integrating women into these all-men colleges and everything like that. And they just weren't called college students. They were called co-eds and they were heavily sexualized because, you know porn fucking went off with it they're like you know well it was the 70s co-eds do this and you know sleeping with the co-ed and like all this kind of shit and it's just oh my god so like everything was referred to as co-eds and that's the only reason why he's called the co-ed killer was because he literally killed female college students do you feel better now that you got that out of your system okay (laughs) so we are going to actually leave his other murders for part two yes so we were talking about this last week when we mentioned Mm -hmm. it um and i do apologize for last week's audio issues i got that figured out now Um, (laughs) she had an epiphany the cats were playing with the knobs on the stereo mixer so we were talking about it last week this is going to be a little bit of a mini series so Mm -hmm. this episode one was just the backstory and then we're going to go into the murders next week but we're going to be recording it like five minutes <laughs> so podcast magic podcast magic <laughs> so come back next week to hear about the ed kemper murders portion yeah. of the mini series and they're all going to have the same picture 
for these episodes, but they're all going to be titled differently. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you pay attention to the nor- order of the episode numbers because you don't want to get yourself out of order. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So we'll see you guys next week for part two of the Ed Kemper miniseries. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Bye.